0: field of 12 after dark we are back for yet another week of college football it's crazy we're almost at the midway point the college football season it seems like it was just yesterday that this season was kicking off and here we are teams are getting upset teams are still undefeated with big hopes ahead of them and there's a ton to talk about we are going to overreact to all of it tonight I'm Greg Waddell I am joined by Michael Felder Max Starks Max you looking good, as always. How you doing tonight?
1: You know, fe- feeling as good as I can after my uh, Steelers depressing loss to the Jets. So I'm making it. I'm making it. But you know what? We have college football. My Gators whipped up on uh, Eastern Washington. So it made it all good for a Sunday. At least I got to see two teams play on Sunday at once.
0: Felder, <laughs> you look playoff ready in the Astros hat right now.
2: Hey, man. Listen, I'm just glad they won a World Series, so I'm not going to lose my mind. Um, Honestly, one's enough for me. That's the biggest thing. I right, Listen, I'm not greedy. Keep it real, partner. Give to the needy. <laughs>
0: Amen to that, baby. Uh, so let, let's start the show as we always do. Let's do some toasts because it was a wild weekend of college football, near upsets along with some upsets. Uh, there were a lot of big performances all over the place that could be toasted too. Felder, let's start with you. Give us your toast of the weekend.
2: Man, you, listen, I, I'm not going to lie. call me a little bit off guard. I thought we were going to still do the Powered by Bet Rivers and uh, find us on the SiriusXM app. So I had a dis- had time to make the decision on things. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, I'm going to, and, and this will get back to our the big three that we have at the end of the show. I'm going to toast to Ole Miss's defense. I, I really, I think what they're doing defensively is really interesting and exciting and Obviously, I want to get to talk to you a little bit about that, Max, because I want to see what it does to you as an offensive lineman. But I'm going to toast to their defense. Like I'm, a, and I'm going to pick an individual player as we get, at, when we get down the line. But the big thing for me is just watching a defense that should not be that good, that should not get these stops, that should not be able to get into the backfield the way they do. I'm just I'm listen. Cheers to Old Miss. Toast to Old Miss.
0: There we go. Cheers to that, Max. What do you got? Uh, you know what? I, I'm gonna cheers to uh, to
1: Paul Crist for beating yeah. Scott Frost out by uh, his buyout, and also being a man of the people and not taking the full 19.5 and only taking the measly 11 because he cares about Wisconsin Badger football. That's what I'm cheersing to right there. Wow. Cheers. That's, you know what? I'm going to go with this
2: for
0: that one. Bang.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a lot of very fine cheese consuming Badger fans out there who uh, are very happy that Paul Christ is gone and are also very happy with that exact development that you mentioned, Max. I mean, what a selfless move by the man. He just wants what's best for the Badgers, even on his way out. It's impeccable stuff. Legend uh, lived on Legend lives on. It, it does. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna toast to a team, and it's a team that I haven't heard anyone talk about. I'm not even quite sure that this game happened, but I look back on it, and it's a team that I don't want anybody to forget about as we go forward into the second half of the season. That's the Utah Utes, 42 to 16, over the Oregon State Beavers, and this is a team that I think preseason we were all in on we were in they lost to max's own florida gators and they've just taken care of business since they're still spotless in the pac-12 and while usc and the trojans get all the shine i thought this was a trappy little game i thought oregon state looked pretty good against usc and was going to bring their a game trying to stay in that pac-12 race domination from the utes so to cam rising to the utes cheers
1: Here, here. That was definitely one of the games that was up for my uh, three stars at the end, but yeah. ultimately I went in a different direction, and we'll talk about it. But great game by the Utah Utes. I mean, Cam yeah. Rising played, played played excellently. I mean, yeah, was, I,
2: I mean, I is there is there a team in the country that's more mad at themselves than Utah right now?
1: No, 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 no. Yeah, they're kicking themselves because they could literally they could be like a top number four team in the country right now. Yep. Um, if they if they don't. Go down to my to my Gators, which I appreciate for Billy Napier, but I digress on that one. We won't talk about that.
0: You got to get it whenever you can, Max. Don't apologize for that. We're it's gonna- a rebuild,
1: baby. It's a <laughs> rebuild.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. We're going to talk about uh, some other fans and coaches who may also be screaming that it's a rebuild later in the show. Uh, and as Max alluded to at the end of the night, we will do our three stars each from the week. That was give out our, our version of the field of 12, quote unquote, helmet stickers that you may see on other shows uh, as Felder so kindly alluded to. You can listen to us on the SiriusXM XM app. You can find us at the YouTube channel, the field of 12. Please subscribe while you're there. Comment like all of that. We are paying attention to that. And sometimes we will even answer your questions on the show. But let's overreact, boys. That's what we're here to do on a Monday night. And we're going to start with Alabama who was on the ropes in a game that was 28 to nothing early in that game. All of a sudden, Bryce Young gets hurt. All of a sudden, a backup quarterback is in the game. Jalen Milrow, nobody really knew what to expect. All of a sudden, Arkansas was making some plays. And then they pulled away late. Milrow had the massive run that made highlight reels everywhere. Uh, the, The updates out of the game are that Bryce Young has a shoulder injury. It is not too serious is what we're being told. Nobody really knows when to expect him back. Uh, Milroe in relief, two touchdowns, four for nine, passing the ball. But if we were to overreact here, we could go either the positive direction or the negative reaction. I'm going to go positive, though. This is what we have on the list today. Alabama's going to be just fine. They're not going to skip a beat with their backup quarterback, Jalen Milrow. Felder, what do you think? I
2: think they're going to skip a beat. But I think they're going to be okay. And what we're going to see is them go into what Nick Saban did from 2008 until 2015 at Alabama, which is just run the ball as much as you can and eat up the clock and swallow time, make the game shorter and lean on your defense. And I think that's going to be the most interesting part of it. Jameer Gibbs, I thought, was really special. And he's a guy that not just you don't have to hand it to him, you can throw it to him, too. So I think that's going to be a big part of it. I think Milrose still has got a long way to go. I mean, there's a reason he only threw the ball nine times. In that same amount of time, Bryce Young would have probably thrown the ball 18 times.
1: Am I wrong, Max? No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And and for me, like I look at it, and that was exactly where I was going to go, is that we are going to see early Saban. And that is, let that big hulking offensive line that you've been growing genetically in a lab behind the football field for since he's been there. <laughs> Let those guys go chew up earth. Let them be earth movers because Jameer Gibbs is definitely a prototypical Bama back. He can shoulder the burden. And we saw it, right? I mean, the dude racked up over 200 yards. on yeah. the ground. So just as good as Arkansas thought they were with rushing the football and everything, Alabama said, hold my beer real fast. Let me show you how it's done, son. Come on over here <laughs> to the woodshed.
2: You wanna I mean, listen, you want to talk about hold my beer. Will Anderson on that third down where he gets into the backfield, disrupts the mesh point, forces KJ to keep it and take a step back while tackling Sanders. Like, I understand that we love quarterbacks a ton, but how is he not the first pick?
1: He he well, he will be the first pick when it's all said and done, I feel, because whoever gets that number one pick has been up there already and probably already has that quarterback and they're not going to waste back-to-backs. So I think I think he goes number one. Worst case scenario, maybe two at the latest. But, I mean, he's by far the most devastating defensive lineman that, you know, we're always worried about, oh, my God, he needs to have stats. Why isn't there stats good? It's like, because we've known about him since he's been a freshman in college. That's why he doesn't need stats. And he keeps showing up, like you said, in those moments. That's all you need at this point. He doesn't need to have 16 sacks and lead the country in sacks this year. Will Anderson needs to keep being Will Anderson because they, every team knows who he is. He's number one on the bullseye chart here. It's like, okay, we're going up against the boundary defense. Okay. Will Anderson. Okay. Well, what defensive structure do they run? They run Will Anderson. Okay. That's what they do. Okay. And then once we stop Will Anderson, then we can focus on the rest of the team, but stop Will Anderson's number one, two, and three on the priority list.
0: I can tell you there's at least one NFL fan base out there that doesn't have a quarterback that wants Will Anderson. That's my Detroit lions fan base. And we just drafted a defensive line and Aiden Hutchinson and we're, we're ready for Will Anderson. And that's no shots at the quarterbacks in this class. Uh, But if you've seen the Detroit lions on defense, you know that that team needs a little more defense. I think Will Anderson's generational. Uh, That's a guy you can't overthink. Maybe if it's not one, like you said, it's maybe two. There's a lot of great quarterbacks in this class and a lot of teams that need them. Uh, but I would certainly lean Will Anderson if I could make that decision in that front office. All right. Uh, looking at Alabama's schedule, because Felder, I want to go back to your point that they are going to skip a beat, but ultimately they're going to be all right. They don't have a ton of time. They have some big road games coming up. They've got A&M at home next week. Week after that, they've got Tennessee uh, at yeah at tennessee i mean that's a big one later in the season they're at lsu they are at Ole miss that's three road games against teams currently ranked in the top 25 in the poll let's just play hypothetical and say that if bryce young is not back for the tennessee game in two weeks do you lean that alabama still wins that game felder what do you think
2: i think those back-to-back are scary tennessee and mississippi state because they like speed and space right they're going to push you outside the numbers. They're going to try to do things. And it's not that Alabama's defense can't find ways to stop them. It's that you are going to have to try to keep pace. And you're going to have to score. And Milro is going to be interesting when you have to score. That's the part I find interest, intriguing. But I do think that this is a team that, realistically, if they ball their fist up, I don't, I don't know. With the exception of what, Georgia? I don't know that if they ball their fist up, people are going to be able to stop them from doing what they want to do.
1: Yeah. Uh, I worry about that as well. I mean, I'm not worried about Texas A&M next week. That's fine. And actually, oh yeah. no, that's
2: why I didn't mention them.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's why I hope <laughs> Bryce Young, that's why I hope he takes that game off. Right. Yeah. To be ready for Tennessee, because I think, like you said, it's not about, can you stop Tennessee? It's about when you do stop them, can you take advantage of the scoring opportunity? And for me, Jalen Milrow hasn't shown me enough as a below 50% passer on the nine passes he did throw. Yep. Um, but I do like his legs. But once again, it still makes you one-dimensional, still makes you a ground team against an air raid-esque type of squad over there. In yes. Team. So I think you have the athletes to hang with them, but you're you have to declare and you have to show. And once they know what you're doing – Once once you drop your draws, that's it. That's the moment of truth in that moment. So I think they have the athletes to handle that. But at the same time, it's one thing to know that, but it's also another thing to have that extra golden bullet in in the gun, which is Bryce Young, who can differentiate any type of game.
0: Max, does Tennessee have the stuff, whether it's scheme or whether it's players, do they have the stuff defensively to just – take away an entire run game for Alabama if it really is just milroe in that game like are, are they going to be able to force him to beat them through the air
1: no they don't have enough size on that front on that front seven <laughs> I, I will you, you have the scale right here <laughs> Bama O-line the entire Tennessee defense <laughs> I mean it, it, you're gonna have to run a nine-man box and if you do that I mean any quarterback that goes to Alabama regardless of how many stars, whatever else. Nick Saban ain't taking it. if you if you can't if you can't beat one on one with a nine man box and throw and throw a quick press raid to to early or anybody else. Uh uh no. No, thank you. I think that's and that's what it's gonna take for for uh, Tennessee to stop that Bama offense because they can road great. And I loved watching it. I hated that Bryce, Bryce Young went out, but I enjoyed the physicality and and the phone booth matchup that it became. No, I'm I I agree. I I, like they're
2: Tennessee, they're not quite to where, and we're going to talk about this with Ole Miss in a little bit, but they're not a super penetrative defense. They're still a defense that tries to play one to one. Am I wrong? Am I wrong about that, Max? They try to play kind of one to one and like fill gap and just make sure that they spit, they hammer, they splatter, they do all those things. They're not aggressive, penetrative as a defense. And so um, if you're not going to do that, I think the biggest question mark is going to be. If they get their hands on you, what are you going to do? And they're going to get their hands on you, and there's nothing you can do. And that's the scary part with with
1: Alabama. It's ragdoll, and they're and you're going to yes. play right into their hands because that line where they struggle is in space. They struggle in space by yeah. if you're widening out the DNs, playing ghost nines, you're playing a wide bingo technique and guys have to kick out in space. That's where you'll get them, but that's passing situations. In the run game, they just form a wedge, you know what I'm saying, like like the Spartan 300s and form a phalanx, and they just drive forward. So that's why you can't do that against them unless you get them into passing situations, which means you have to score a whole bunch more points to even make them start to sweat. And and I just don't know that that's going to happen just because of that defense and Captain Anderson over there with his Captain America shield – you know, just knocking folks out.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's why uh, our beloved George Whitfield calls them the the Roman army. I mean, they just put the shields down. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, so we also got a classic Nick Saban press conference this week in which he was asked what, uh, if they're going to install any packages for Jalen Milrow. And he's like, you mean the package we already have uh, <laughs> fantastic clip. If you want to see that, but either way, I'm looking forward to seeing more of Milrow Uh I don't know if he has the arm or not based on what we saw last week. I'm skeptical of that, but I will tell you one thing on that 80 yard touchdown run. There's not many guys I have ever seen in college that had the afterburners the way that he did to make that cut to the right, to beat him to the outside and just sprint to the end zone in a way where he created 20 yards of separation. Quarterbacks aren't supposed to do that. And it's very interesting for me to see an Alabama quarterback have that, let alone we've seen it at other programs that have kind of needed a a guy who maybe that's all he's got, but he's the kind of guy who can just do that and keep you in games. To throw that in with Alabama and everything they have on the other side of the ball is, is fascinating stuff to watch play out. Let's go to a program that caused Nick Saban some friction, some problems over the last decade. That would be the Clemson Tigers. Clemson, two very, very impressive results in the last two weeks. The win against Wake, the win against NC State last week. DJ Uyaglale eight touchdowns, zero interceptions in his last two games. Our own Darian Wrencher was on Twitter saying that if DJ had played like this at this point last season, the preseason Heisman hype wouldn't be far off. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. You could talk me into it. Darian could certainly talk me into it. But what I am talked into is my overreaction for Clemson, which is the Tigers are now a national title favorite. Max, what do you think?
1: No, no, not yet. Not yet. Not enough on the resume. Not enough on the resume yet. You still have some other teams to go through. I think you have to win that ACC championship. You have to do it convincingly. I think what we have seen, though, is that Dabo Sweeney is a national championship caliber coach for how he has stuck by DJ through last year to this year. And now the payoff is coming because you know, to have that faith and to know about the confidence issues and everything else and the shadow that he had to get out of and the struggles they had last year, every other coach would have been like, okay, new five-star, insert you, DJ, you and Dr. Pepper, go sit somewhere else, (laughs) enjoy that, or go transfer. But Dabo was like, no, he personally kept that kid, his head in there, and now you're starting to see this Clemson team come of form, a very young team from a year ago, that you can see the after effects of getting post year after year in the draft guys who are starting in the NFL and being game breakers. um, You're now starting to see that team start to formalize again. And I think that's what it is. You look at the defense and then DJ is now complimenting that defense and making it. And they're now playing off. Offense help begets defense, right. And defense begets offense in those situations. So I think, I think they're number five. I don't think they're top four yet.
0: Wow, still outside the top four. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested in that. Felder, you're smiling. Do you agree?
2: Well, no. I'm Listen, I'm flipping it back to you. Um, Okay. Are you saying that they are a contender because of their schedule or are you saying it because of how they play?
0: So I I think that we had this point made on the Saturday night show. I don't know how much you guys saw that or any of the watchers or listeners saw it, but you can watch us on After Dark after the games every single Saturday as well for the remainder of the season. And I thought a, a very good point was made. That relative to all of the other "quote unquote" contenders, Clemson has done the dirty work. The biggest tests are not ahead of them, and I know you can look at the schedule. They got to go at Notre Dame. Sure, uh, they, they've got Syracuse, Miami. I mean, those are games that could get dicey. The They're at Florida State. It's probably the toughest, although Florida State looks vulnerable after the last week. Sure, but. To me, like Clemson has already gotten the A-plus grade on the two tests. And I, I look at the schedule. I don't think they're going to lose a game. I think we can pencil them in for the college football playoff right now. And relative to my expectations and what I, I thought of this program, I was pushing Darian in the preseason. I didn't expect that. I didn't think this team was going to win the ACC. I didn't think DJ had what he's shown in the last two weeks at all. And to your point, Max, they're playing complimentary football. That's what they did in this last game uh, that really impressed me. It wasn't like they needed to go and win a shootout. It was the offense was playing into the defense and vice versa. So that's where I stand, Felder.
2: So they, they won a shootout, the weight game. Yep. They won a game where they did play that complimentary football. And then obviously they won games where their defense was basically dominant. Uh, I'm very curious to see how this defense continues to grow because – we spent so much time talking about DJ Uyangalele. Lele, and I don't think we spent enough time talking about this defense that has a lot of really good pieces. But those pieces have to work together, and obviously I understand Brian had, he, had another, he had an issue that was separate from the previous passing of his sister, so he had another issue. So they've got to still get healthy and get things together on defense. So the big thing for me that I'm looking for from Clemson is what does this team look like when they're whole? What do they look like when they're the entire team is together? But I do think that I think that they are a contender. I think that they are a team with a path that seems like we can get there. And it's also a team that seems capable of taking that route, uh, taking the path that that's laid before them. And that's the part, that's the difference for me between, I mean, well, I almost, I almost said Oklahoma, but goodness gracious, <laughs>
1: Might be a similar Not. result, anyways. Uh,
2: no, go ahead, please. <laughs> but no, I um, but I think they have they have a path that they can actually take, and they can walk, and they can get those dubs. And I think that's going to be the, that. I let me put it this way: I think they'll be there at the end.
0: I think yeah. that's fair. Uh, do you? Where would you stack rank them? I'll put you on the spot quickly, Feller. Where would you stack rank them with the beasts that are ahead of them right now, being Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State?
1: I I'd go four.
0: Okay. Same with yeah. you, or well, I mean, Max, you said outside of the top four. Who do you yeah. have above them that's not in that group?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I think Michigan still, until proven later. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> because I yeah, are, are you flexing because of that? But I still, I still think until proven differently. I mean, I need them to actually go and get, and get their behinds taxed before I get rid of them, which I know will happen. We'll know the truth about them by the time Ohio State Michigan rolls around but as we stand right here right now i have to say that i still have them in front of them because i saw what they did against maryland in a tough game and i liked what they did i don't believe they will be there at the end but for right now what are what 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 what's the date hold on it's it's october 3rd monday yes. october 3rd i'm on the west coast so it's 723 723 p.m. 1023 eastern that's where they're at at this moment. Now, that could change by next week or whatever. That That's just how I feel when I look around. Because I think Utah still has some stuff to prove. I think yeah. Utah deserves to be in that conversation. I think there's a handful in that four, five, six range that I really like. And so, as of right now, I say Michigan holds the title until proven different, but it's not going to be the end. On a field right now, you can only pick one. I can only choose one.
2: Okay. Utah, Michigan, Clemson.
1: Who are you picking? Right now, dang it. Okay. See, now my bias comes in because (laughs) I want to pick Utah because I I, I know how good Utah is. So I want to pick Utah as a knee-jerk reaction at this very moment if I'm just going to slate it. Um, But I know that Utah has the blemish, right? The blemish of of the gators and it being the first game of the season. But I think Utah is one of those teams that can go toe-to-toe and, and, and hang with everybody else in that top three for the most part because now they've hit their stride.
0: I'm taking Clemson for the record, Felder. I think to me it would be Clemson or USC at that spot, but I would take Clemson.
1: I can't take USC. I can't do it. I can't. No, 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 no. I'll pick Clemson and, and, and Utah,
0: <laughs> but yeah. and
1: I can't do USC. I don't, trust, I don't trust them. I don't trust them Trojans.
0: All right all right, good to know. We will first house. <laughs> uh, all right, we will come back to the Trojans, I'm sure many, many more times in the season. Uh, it, it seems like many people are with you Max, that they don't fully trust them yet and I think that's a very fair conclusion to make. Uh, a team that everyone thought they could trust as the clear number one team in the country. that's the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, I don't even know where to start with this on the ropes to Missouri uh, and not just on the ropes in like a, we're like this is a dicey one score game or anything. No, they were down two scores in the fourth quarter of this football game yep. and they came back and won by four points, 26 to 22. But this is now back to back weeks with Missouri and was it Kent State, 22 points given yeah. up by the Georgia defense yeah. to those two. Team. So here's the overreaction, and we'll go back to you, Felder, first on this one. Georgia will not repeat as national champions. We've seen enough with this football team to know this is not going to be a back to back thing.
2: To be fair, I didn't think they were going to repeat coming into the season. So I'm just going to say that. Like, this isn't, I don't even know if this is an overreaction. This is just a, yeah, I, I didn't think they were going to repeat anyways. But the thing that's kind of scary to me is, Again, that speed and space, and that touchdown to the corner from Mizzou with the play action, the clear out over the top, and then the tight end wide open. Somebody's not talking on that defense. You know what you don't have, Lewis, seen, Nicobe Dean. Somebody's not talking over there, and that's the part that I that gives me pause. That's the part that gave me pause coming into the season. So we'll see what they're able to do, but I think that talent-wise, they certainly are one of the top three, four teams in the country, but I don't have – I'm not sitting here being like, yeah, they're a shoe in to win it again. Max, is that, is that, is that crazy? Because you saw that touchdown. Yeah. No, no yeah, one knew where yeah. that guy was.
1: No, they had no clue. It's like he stepped off the sidelines after the play was called and just ran in there, and they're like, oh, we counted everybody else. Yeah, I was like, you must have counted somebody twice on the offensive line. I don't know. You thought they had six linemen and you forgot they had an extra receiving guy there. I don't know. Um, but you're right. I mean, that's the one thing that I saw and why, you know, I can agree with this overreaction that, yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect them to be that team this year. And they have surprised me when seeing them live against South Carolina. Sure. Um, but like you said, since then, you have to do the amazing to pull these games off. I mean, this is a team, remember we were talking about last week about that that Auburn-Mizzou game and the debacle and kerfluffle that that yes. was, <laughs> about nobody wanted to win that game? And then you now, if you're Mizzou, you, you lost by three to Auburn, who Brian Harsh will be gone by the end of this year. Yep. And you now take Georgia to the hilt. And you only lose by four. they've lost by a combined total of the last two games by seven points. One of them happens to be the number one team in the country. yep. and and that's where I worry about Georgia. Georgia's showing the cracks in the armor. They're showing that uh, we can't really do this. And you saw when Brock Bowers doesn't score, this is a different team. This is a different team. Wow, like he explosive. Wow, one a, a team
2: realized that Brock Bowers is on the team. Yes, actually. And they covered number 19 and they didn't let him just get the ball and run crazy? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Wow. <laughs> what a thought. Yeah, anyway. Science. Science at his <laughs> finest.
0: <laughs> Father, you you summarized it very cleanly for me. Like, any time you lose what Georgia did to the NFL, I think, like, in a weird way, we all should have seen this coming a little bit, right? Like, you don't just fire on all cylinders as a new group, even if the talent is there, like it's going to take a little while to get back to the level that Georgia was at the end of last season, just off of the bodies that are gone alone. Um, Now that said, I, I'm concerned just like, I I thought even if Georgia's not number one, like they're a shoe in for the playoff. That's how I've been operating with this team based on everything I had seen prior to Kent state. I thought Kent state was a total, just, oh, they got the scare. They like they didn't take them seriously. They'll be back next week. You come off of Kent State and play the way they did against Missouri, leave that door open for that kicker to bang 50-plus-yard field goals, and all of a sudden the bright lights are on, and it's 10 p.m. Eastern, and you're down two scores. It says something about like their fortitude to finish that game and find a way to grab it back, but I think it says more about the fact that they were even in that spot in a spot where they were already on red alert after the week before, right, Felder?
2: Well, yeah, it's you you expect to have a bounce back game, right? A game where you you put up 60 and nobody has nobody can touch you. And I think that might be the mentality difference between somewhere like Alabama and somewhere in Georgia. Alabama Listen, we watched them play that 20 to 19 game against Texas. And then they bounce back, and then they bounce. They keep bouncing back, and even when their starting quarterback goes out, they still go out against a team that's what was Arkansas top ten, top fifteen in the country, and they still are like, "Listen, we're going to put the paws on you." In Georgia, tough game, licks wounds, and then has another tough game. I still think Georgia's absolutely amazing. I think they're 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 very good. I don't know what his name is, but the kid number two on defense is remarkable. I love him and could watch him all day, and so I just – the thing for me with Georgia is going to be Stetson Bennett standing up, making plays to somebody that's not it, – it looks – call me crazy, Greg, but did it not look like – Mizzou was like, we're going to cover Ladd McConkey and Brock Bowers. We're okay. going to cover those two guys, and then we'll
0: see what you do. It absolutely did. And it worked, right? Like, that's the craziest thing is it worked. Um, I, I just like, I'm so bad at not looking ahead. I'm so bad at just looking at the week that was with this stuff. Like I, I, this is why they have me host the overreaction show boys, because I'm I'm here to look six weeks out and be like, we can now say this, but like, I've thought all along, whoever loses the SEC championship, and it's, you could write it in right now, it's Georgia and Alabama. Whoever loses is in the playoff. It doesn't matter. We might as well simulate the season and put those two teams on opposite ends of the bracket and hope we get Alabama-Georgia rematch in the title game. I'm starting to wonder if Georgia loses that game, maybe even in blowout fashion, dare I say, I don't know that Georgia makes the playoff as a one-loss team that loses to Alabama, do they?
2: They both got to play Tennessee.
0: They both yeah. got to play Tennessee, you're right.
2: Like just I just want to put that on the table. They both got to play Tennessee. Absolutely. And I love that football team. So I don't, they might be a one loss. If you're a one loss team and you lose that game, you're not getting in. Yeah. No. Not
1: at all. So
2: I, I just want to put that, all I want I just want to put Tennessee on the table as a problem. Their defense has issues, but they're a problem. And by the way, um, George also has to play Mississippi State. And Alabama has to play Ole Miss. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna drop those. I'm gonna listen. I'm I'm a. I don't mean to take a dump on your on your concept, but I'm just gonna say Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. They're gonna have something to say about this. I'm not. I don't feel crazy saying that. I feel pretty good about
0: it. Max leans back. He's our SEC guy. <laughs> He's tips the cup. He's like, "You're speaking music to my ears, man. This is the conference, right, Max? Yeah, I mean th- that.
1: That's exactly what this is. This is the gauntlet whatever else anybody else wants to say about anything else, like you said, Michigan, Patsy Path, right? Utah ha- has to deal with USC at some wait, point. Wait,
0: wait, 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 Patsy Path? Huh? Yeah. Patsy, Patsy Path in that division?
1: They've got yeah. a game. They they've have got, a they've game.
0: got Penn State and Ohio State, two top ten teams. All right, no,
1: for, oh, whoa,
0: what did you, pin who, pin who? I, I mean, just, are, are we putting Tennessee in a totally different tier than Penn State?
1: Yes. I would.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Okay.
1: Absolutely. Cause these dudes score points in bunches and they went into the state of Pennsylvania and pulled out a victory already. <laughs> and then he a pretty well, good team. Yeah.
0: Are we, are we sure it's that hard to beat? I know they team.
1: did just lose
2: the Georgia tech.
1: Yeah. Are we, are we sure? But I was, It was a reinvigorated. They fired their coach. They, they were playing the differences. They weren't playing small ball. I now. Nah, I, and trust me after being in Acroshore stadium, Less than twelve hours after that thing finally ended, I understand. I'm like, listen, it was miserable. I get it. <laughs> Pitt. I mean, people were walking around the city just heads hung low, and then you go to the Jet Steelers game, and then you just get double whammied. So I'm pretty sure we're in crisis management mode in the city, in the city of Pittsburgh in Allegheny County.
0: So- um, I already know Rob Doster is going to yell at me for this, but I'm I'm going to be on the best bets show our betting show. We do every Thursday on field of 12 and I'm going to spoil my upset pick right now. Tennessee loses at LSU this week. Fellas. Woo! You heard me Felder. You heard me. You're giving me the eyes. You heard me. This is the classic look ahead trap spot for the balls. I
2: I think you're right and wrong. I'm going to say this. I'm, so Matt House, the defensive coordinator for Tennessee, or excuse me, for LSU, he was the GA when I was at UNC. We used to argue, we used to fight like cats and dogs. And as a, as a, as a walk-on who wasn't even getting in the game, he, was, he and I were just like, boom, 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 because I had to run the walkthrough. And he didn't like the way I, I did motion. And watching him ascend to being... What is LSU top five, top 10 program in college football to see him become the defensive coordinator of that after where he started from. I love it for him, but I do not think that they're going to get a win over Tennessee. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, all of the compliments, all the nice things. And no, right off the cliff. Max, am I crazy? Am I, am I crazy on that call?
1: Tennessee's had a week to get over the Florida victory. It's yeah. different if you catch them right after That's let down time that seven days prior, you know, at post a big emotional victory. Yes. But you gave them a week off to rest and you gave Josh Heupel an additional week to game plan. Yes. That's why I don't think. And this LSU team, even though they have amended some of the wounds of week one and, and, and that whole travesty in new Orleans that I was there to watch personally, um, against FSU, um, I still don't trust Jaden Daniels to score points consistently in bunches, even against this Tennessee defense. I think they match up very well with what LSU has offensively, defensively. And I think the offense is the X factor. And give me Hendon Hooker twice on Saturdays.
0: Yeah, there's a difference there, no doubt. All right, uh, we went long enough in the show before talking about my country. That would be Big Ten country. And Ooh. before we pivot to the firing of the week in Big Ten country, because one of them <laughs> happening every single week these, yes. these days. That's what happens. Uh, reminder, you can listen to us on the XM app. If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, please click subscribe to the Field of 12 YouTube channel as well. Paul Christ is out at Wisconsin. He had eight straight winning seasons at Wisconsin, and he is out at Wisconsin. And who knows if they were going to end up with a winning season this year. It certainly didn't look that way uh if you saw the videos from the saddest jump around ever in madison history i mean that that entire fan base was out on the chris era and even if people say he's a good guy they were ready for that to end uh but this is an interesting job because a lot of names have been floated and it could go a lot of different directions they could go splashy higher they could fire the money cannons i don't know what type of money cheese money is in madison wisconsin right now but we might find out, but this feels very Bo pelini to me. Bo Pelini had a bunch of winning seasons at Nebraska. Bo Pelini was fired. Here comes the golden boy. Here comes Scott Frost. How did that work out? So will Paul Christ be the next Bo Pelini? Will Wisconsin regret this firing five years from now? Max, what do you think?
1: No. No, I don't, I don't think they will. Because I think you have to adjust with the errors. You have to be an NIL participant to even right. get in the door. You have to be a transfer, port, port, transfer portal guru to rue and make the turnaround fast. And I just think that Paul Chris had been there so long that he was not unwilling to adjust. Let's take it to another team in the Big Ten that won't do it, but probably should do it in Northwestern. Iowa, well, oh, no Iowa too. Iowa too. Okay. Iowa too, but Northwestern. They're not going to get rid of Pat Fitzgerald, right? Because he's had all these winning seasons. He's had the success. He's taken them to the Big Ten championship game. But would you pick Northwestern to win any games this year in the Big Ten? Right? But they're not yeah. going to do it. They're not going to do it. So those are the guys of the old guard that are unwilling to think that the name is why you come here. You come to wear the W on the side of your hat. You come to see the Badger, and you come to be a Wisconsin football player, big, physical, run the football. No, you've got to transform, because if you want to be able to go up against, hell, Minnesota right now, right? Minnesotas, the Ohio States, the Michigans, these are teams who have embraced what that portal is, and that's why they're having success. Wisconsin's going to have to go find somebody that can do that as well, and Paul Chris was not willing to do it, and guess what? They got an extra eight and a half million dollars to work with to for that new coach because Paul Chris left it on the table. I I I don't know. I'm of two minds because I think the reason they've had
2: success, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Iowa, even, is is because of the lack of attrition and the lack of and the stability, right? And obviously, we're in a new era with NIL. But I think that the way that I look at this and I, please, guys, don't make fun of me, but the way that I look at this is fully like a wave, right? They're not in charge of how good they are at football. All they can do is get the players that they can get and then hope that when those players are at their peak, when they're juniors, when they're seniors, when they're fifth years, that peak exists when Ohio State, or even the teams in their own division are at, at a, are at a trough. And so the way that I look at it is, is that the other teams are just getting better. And it's not a knock on them. It's just the reality of it is, is, I mean, we're watching, like Illinois is getting better. Illinois wasn't any good for a long time. So if Illinois gets better, now you have a problem. And I don't know if that problem gets fixed by hiring a different coach. What are, what are they like? Let me, Max, let me ask you this. What are they going to do? Change their entire strategy when it comes to football? Not NIL, not NIL, but yeah. the way they play football. You think they're going to change their entire strategy when they play football? They're going to go become a spread team. They're going to become a team that does speed and space. Like, they can't do that
1: as currently constructed. But we know transfer portal can change that within an offseason. So, so why, can, why wait,
2: would wait. a kid why would a kid that is good at speed and space go to a place that hasn't had it? Obviously, unless they hire some guy that's got it like, but they're not going to
1: hire Lincoln Riley. No, they're not going to there. And Lincoln Riley has already spoken for, and he will be in the big 10. So (laughs) you won't be getting him, but I think that's what you have to plan for. We have USC and UCLA coming. One of those teams is going to have to be in the West. Right. And if we believe the rumblings of what else is on the precipice from the PAC 12 to come over there, you need to adjust, right? You can't have this traditional mindset. And because of the transfer portal, you have to either come from ground and pound, run, run it down right to NFL style. That's the medium. Okay. It's an NFL style offense pro mm-hmm. style. And then if you want to go further down that rabbit hole, you okay. get to the spread, you get to Eric. But right now, I think. Find more NFL style professional multiple for uh, the ability to throw the football. Yeah, vertically, not horizontally, because that's what they did. Yeah, vertically, but also
2: it's not it's not just the ability; it's the desire. Yeah, and that's the part Mm -hmm. that that's the part for me that I just I don't know how they're going to get there because the desire is more important to me than the ability because if you don't have the desire, you'll never have the ability. And that's what we're watching with a team like the Michigan, right? Like they they're in and out They're hat. You can't have one toe in the water when it comes to pushing the ball vertically, that's gotta be who you are from an identity standpoint. And with Wisconsin, I just don't, I don't know. I think that they've built this identity of we red shirt guys. We wait for them to be third and fourth year guys. And then we're ready to go. And those guys go to the NFL and this works and, I think that's going to be that's. I think that's the hurdle they have to get over. Like the like, I don't think that's crazy to think that this is going to be really hard for them. And I don't know who they're going to hire.
0: So let's. I, w- I want to jump in right there. Let's play. Who would you hire? You're Barry Alvarez. I mean, I look. I don't know who you can call because, to your point, Felder. Like, who's going to go to Wisconsin? Is the Speed and Space guy really going to go to Wisconsin? Is Lil Wayne going to make a country album? Like, it doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me, right? But if you're Barry Alvarez, with the extra $8 million that you just acquired from the proceedings of the last two days, who do you call, Felder?
2: Dave Clawson. Ooh. I call Clawson. Um, That call fence, it meshes with, mesh you know kind of a joke but like it fits in with what they can do and what they want to do
1: who do you got max that that's the thing I, I mean i i looked at this and i was trying to think i'm like man where could you go and get a guy and you know what's funny is i doubt he would ever want to come out but for me knowing his personality and being around this coach personally I would love to see another opportunity for Charlie Strong. Sure. I would like to see that because you get the defensive emphasis, which is the physicality that you've brooded over, no. but he's also flexible enough mentally to want to be able to be multiple on offense because he understands from big 12 and SEC experience, what that does to a defense. And especially when you're talking about big, slow moving clodhoppers. That is something that I I mean, I would love to see that. And that that's my that's my spitball shot in the dark when I'm thinking mindset. But I I would not mind that at all. That type of caliber. I'd like a defensive-minded coach that comes in but understands his weakness and going and getting somebody who thinks outside the box offensively. Um, because I just don't I don't think a guy like a Kendall Browse can handle that um at all. Um, and when I'm thinking of other nuanced coordinator types. I can't, there's no, I really see is, Oh my gosh. It's not like a Brett Venables is sitting out there that Brett Venables got taken up, you know? And I think could Matt rule potentially be fired this year and be on the block? Yes, he could. Yes. That yes, will be can. another intriguing one if you want to go get a Matt rule. So, but it just does not flip it off the top of my head, but that would be my two th- names in the hat right there. I would love to see a Charlie strong get another, opportunity i think he would get the time he needed outside of texas then also matt rule will be disavowed from the nfl after his plan failed <laughs> the, the,
2: the the i was gonna say the head uh, i'm from charlotte the headline in my hometown paper for the from the op-ed guy was um adopt a pet get a new hobby do anything but watch the panthers
1: <laughs> you know, i'm
0: calling gentlemen it's, it's going to be a controversial one. But I'm I'm sending the you up text to my ex here. I'm calling Brett Bielema. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Why would you not? He's sitting right there. You mentioned it, Felder. He's turned Illinois around in a year and a half. He had wow. four 10-win seasons and seven seasons at Wisconsin. You really don't think Brett would jump immediately from Illinois back to Wisconsin?
2: Man, I, listen. He knows those sheets are dirty. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs>
0: He does. He's like, listen, hey, listen, hey, it would not know. be the first time a head coach has gotten back in dirty sheets. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. division's wide open, boys. If, if one guy that has a proven track record wants to go claim the Big Ten West right now, they can do that within three months. Brett, how do you we feel you about know. Gary Patterson? He'd be good. Yeah. No. Yeah, right, it
2: just feels it. like he's but he's so Texas. Like, I don't know like, how that works, but Wisconsin doesn't. Wisconsin has to recruit everywhere because they don't have enough players in the state.
1: Yeah, I feel like that 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 would be a midline safe type of, this is palatable type of pick, though. I think okay. if you're going to be Wisconsin, you need to be a little more splashy in this moment. I, um, I, you, you said the word I hate the most. <laughs> I know you do, but also I'm giving me, you have to have the track record, but it needs to be a little more sudden. It needs to be more conforming to right now. Well, let's listen, we, I know we only have a little
2: bit of time left, but okay. if you're firing your coach this early, why don't you go get Chris Peterson? Okay. Why don't you go get Dan Mullen? Go get someone who is not working at a school right now so they can actually start recruiting, start working, start doing the things that you need them to do. If you're going to fire your coach this early, what are we, a third of the way through the season? If you're going to fire him this early? Go get a guy that can start working for you right
1: now. Is that crazy? Not know. crazy, but Nebraska doesn't think like that. Georgia Tech think like that. You would you would think you fire him that early and give a guy, give a guy the ultimate vacation package. You would think we would have heard some things. But no, and the early signing period is the signing period now yes. where you have December, December. is your tick-tock, tick-tock. Time is of the essence, but nobody has still figured out how to do that i guess because you don't want to you know, undermine the interim coast that's trying to keep things together with bubblegum and popsicle sticks i don't know the fragile mind of uh, of of a college kid college kid would like to know hey listen before i put these portal papers in who you who who you, who you got up yep. <laughs> let me know some. give me give me a little tip or a secret and i feel like schools are still very antiquated in that process where they don't want to Oh, we're gonna do this the proper way. Wait till the season ends, and then we'll start. That's gone out the window. February signing day is no longer here. It's December signing day, and it's leftover signing day in February. The kid on the fence, and you was waiting for his prop to drop or not. You know what I'm saying? Like that—that's the leftovers. But it—it is—it makes too much sense, Felder. It makes too much sense.
0: Yeah, it's a great point, Felder, about the timing of all of this. We're in a totally different era. Uh, yeah. It would be fit that program 100% to hire someone who could already get to work in the next couple of weeks. And it remains to be seen. We'll see if Braylon Allen, does he stick with Wisconsin? You think yeah. he's getting any phone calls from big time programs that could use a, a player like him at running back? I would think so. All right. We have 10 minutes left in the show. We are going to get to our three stars here in about five minutes, but we're, we're not going to go this entire show without talking about the best story in college football to me right now. That's the Kansas Jayhawks gentlemen the 5-0 Kansas Jayhawks, the ranked Kansas Jayhawks, the program that has college game day coming to Kansas over the Red River shootout on the exact same Saturday. What a statement by this program. And look, they are a good football team right now. To go beat Iowa State the way they did in a game where – all the skill the flash the crazy Jalen Daniels offensive experience that wasn't firing on all cylinders for Kansas this week they gutted out a win against Iowa State here's the overreaction Kansas is now the big 12 favorite given the way everything else has played out it is their conference to lose Max what do you think
1: I'm going with until otherwise proven I got to go with it just like I have Michigan Kansas listen they only needed to score in one quarter to win this game. What does that say? They hung 14 points in the second quarter, did not score anything else in the first, the third, or the fourth quarter. That is a team that, that, that knows that, hey, defense and offense have to be synchronistic. And they did just enough to pull that up. But, I mean, you look at it, I can't argue against it because they keep proving me wrong week after week. It's... The state of Kansas owns the Big 12 right now. That's a scary thing yes. to say, right? Between K-State and Kansas, that's where it's going to be held. And the reason why you don't want to see the Red River shootout, because those teams have multiple losses. Guess what the state of Kansas has? Not a lot of losses. So if it's not Kansas, it's K-State, and everybody, the entire state of Texas can go ahead and kiss it goodbye for this year. <laughs>
2: Now I, I I do think Oklahoma State is still probably the leader right now. Apple, yes. But I'm I'm a Kansas guy. I listen, I I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever liked an Adidas jersey more than this one. Um just being like being candid. They look good. These those blue, the all blues look really good. Yeah. I love the font. They look great. And they're living up to the the same thing. And they this is a team that they fight and they find a way to win and 14 14 to 11 is not a college football game in 2022 normally Uh, for, if it was, I I would feel more, it feel more normal if it was 45 to to 38 and they still felt, they found a way to win in this really um, not reductive, but this really conservative fashion where they took care of the football and did everything they were supposed to do. And, Jalen Daniels wasn't amazing for the entire game, but he got it done. And then to flip it over to your point, Max, um, the big 12 running through K- the state of Kansas, Adrian Martinez, We people spent so much time thinking he was the problem at Nebraska. And guess what? Maybe Nebraska was the problem with him. Wow. So I don't know. I just, it's, I think Kansas is one of the favorites, but to me, Kansas TCU Kansas State and 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 obviously Oklahoma State are that's where that's where it's going through it's not going through Texas sorry you guys can go sit on the sidelines and hope that other teams lose so that you have an opportunity in Oklahoma you can also do the same thing but at the end of the day you're not in charge of anything and if you're not in charge you don't call shots and if you don't call shots you don't get to be the team that game day comes to. The team that people, you know, are that you don't. You're not appointment viewing right now. Oklahoma got the dog walked on them by TCU. You know Marshall Newhouse. Yeah, so do I. And yeah. he was there, and he said, "Wasn't a fluke, baby." I take. I said, "Man, y'all <laughs> beat there." I say, "Y'all beat that ass." And he goes, "It wasn't a fluke." <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean it. That's what we're seeing right now. And, and another team that can go sit on the sidelines and pray something happens, Baylor Bears. Yes. Baylor, yeah. ahead, sit down from that claim. Uh, yeah. You know, because like you said, I think that's the top four. You're absolutely right. But I still – the state of Kansas has something to say about it. Yes. And when you think about Oklahoma State – trust me, I love Oklahoma State because my strength coach has been there since he left. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Rob Glass. Yep. You know, and coach blade his assistant they're there I loved him posted him here for the Fiesta Bowl last year it was great to see him um but when you think about just what that what a psych, psychological advantage it is when you're when you're doing this and you're winning it wills you to win more mm-hmm. because you have a belief in your mind that's how you win 14-11. a weaker team loses the other way around yep. and Kansas Kansas has a juice right now Hey, you got the juice now. That's hey. all I am say.
0: <laughs> you yeah. got the juice now, partner. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They got more than enough juice if you watch that team, one of the funnest teams to watch in the country. And uh, schedule-wise, they get Oklahoma State at home November 5th, late in yep. the season. There could be big implications there. TCU coming to game day. I mean, that's going to be absolutely massive. And uh, another spot, yet again, where I feel like TCU isn't the story. And if you're buying the TCU, it was not a fluke, like you guys say. I mean, they get another chance to do that on the broadest televised spot that they could in the entire sport next week. So we'll see what happens. Uh, All right, let's get to our our three stars of the week, gentlemen. Uh, Again, thank you to everybody watching, listening. You can listen to us on the SiriusXM app. We are here five nights a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday night. You can watch us on the YouTube channel. The Field of 12, please subscribe, like, comment. All of that helps us grow the show. Uh, We each have a quarterback, a skill position guy, and a defensive guy who is our star of the week. We'll go Felder, and then we'll go Max, and then we'll go myself. Let's go through quarterbacks first. Felder, who you got?
2: Um, I'm going to go quarterback. Adrian Martinez. I know he was 12 for 19 for like 116 yards, but 171 on the ground, three touchdowns. Come on. Kansas State. Like, what do you want him to do? He did everything you asked of him. So I got to go that. You want me to do all three or you guys want to go quarterback to
0: quarterback? We're going to go quarterback to quarterback. There Let's we go. go. Next. All right. I got to go
1: with the guy that took down the Washington Huskies. I got to go with DTR, baby. Dorian Thompson Robinson, 24, 33, 315 and three tuddies and got one on the ground. This was something that I think we kind of forget about some of those forgotten quarterbacks. And I thought Dorian Thompson Robinson went out there and won the game like he was supposed to. Yeah, we've all been waiting for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he outplayed Michael Penix after Penix was the guy getting all the hype. And, I mean, that was a, a close game late, but it was not a close game for much of that game due to how DTR played. I'm staying in that same conference, Max. I'm going Bo Nicks. I have been just begging Bo Nicks to just be consistent for his entire career. And I've made plenty of jokes at his expense that he's just not capable of doing that. Well, he's starting to do that. He had four total touchdowns in this game against Stanford, two on the ground, 141 yards rushing for Bo Nix. He's right now is a guy that can carry this Oregon offense to wins. And don't forget about the Ducks. They had the blowout loss to Georgia. Don't forget about the Ducks in that conference. All right, Felder, who's your skill guy?
2: I'm going to UCLA again, baby. Jake Bobo. I don't know if he is technically a wide receiver, but he's like a he, He's doing a lot of the same stuff that we saw Greg Dulcich do, which was a kind of like a hybrid wide receiver tight end mode. Uh, six for 142, two TDs. I mean, I love the way this kid plays, so I got to throw him on the list.
1: Well, for me, sticking back with, with the bread and butter, baby, I'm going back into the SEC, Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> Once again, when you got 200, your quarterback's down, you said, chalk it up, baby, it's on me. And he went ahead and
0: did the thing. I got Jameer Gibbs. All right, I'm going Blake Corum, a.k.a. the constant for Michigan. He's been in that... He's been in that running back room since they had Zach Charbonnet, who's now at UCLA. He's yes. split carries with Hassan Haskins. And all he's ever done is outwork and win snaps from every guy he's been put up against. Now he's a workhorse. Now he's getting 30 carries in a game. What better guy could a, a young quarterback like JJ McCarthy have next to him to go into a stadium like Kinnick and just kind of control that game from start to finish. All right, defense Felder, who you got?
2: Uh, I'm going with uh, Austin Keys, Ole Miss linebacker kind of do everything gadget piece guy that got a couple tackles for loss, couple sacks, uh, and just found a way to kind of knife into that backfield. When the next time you and I, you and I are on max, I want to talk to you about what this does to a team, the way that they use these little guys moving all over the place.
1: Yeah. No, next time we will definitely talk about it. Cause I have references for that. <laughs> My pick, I picked the entire Mizzou defense. I know it was a loss, but I thought they gave the secret plans out to everybody else that's going to play Georgia on how to attack and neutralize that offense by, like you said, watching Conkey and watching Bowers and letting Stetson Bennett have to beat you in those situations and let Stetson Bennett be Stetson Bennett. That's why I picked the entire Mizzou defense. Cheers
0: to them. This is my first time ever doing a duplicate star. My second time this season. He's won for me. Kobe Bryant, Kansas. He stole a receiver's towel mid play and got the interception. He's leading this Kansas defense. He's a dynamic player on that side of the ball. Put some respect on him and the Jayhawks names. Uh, We thank everybody for watching the show. Felder, Max, it is always a pleasure. I had a blast with you guys. We will be back tomorrow night here on the Field of 12 After Dark.